1: Welcome to another episode of the Bashmania podcast. Today, we're taking a little break from all the recent wrestling action to talk with a client of mine, Hollywood's Kevin Sorbo. Kevin's an actor you've just had to see somewhere, from incredible success in the 90s with Hercules to recent success with faith based, family centered movies like Let There Be Light, God's Not Dead, Soul Surfer, even sitcoms like Two and a Half Men and According to Jim. I could go on, but I'm not going to waste your valuable time with that. The point is, Kevin is a great actor. He's been all over the place, and he's also got an interesting story because unlike most in Hollywood, he's both Christian and conservative. Definitely my kind of guy. Let's bring Kevin in, but before we do, let's roll the intro. It's bash Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight you're gonna do what Mania runs wild oh it's gonna be a good one and business just picked up here on the podcast oh yeah how you doing kevin
0: you know i'm doing okay it's a, <laughs> a, it's a busy time a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on and i'm traveling a lot and uh, and sporting a lot of stress at the same time.
1: It's funny. I was thinking earlier today <laughs> my allergies were killing me and I'm like, oh, I'm, I, I'm like I'm I'm I can't wait to to talk to Kevin but I'm dreading the the talking, the that. And I'm thinking I'm like how does you're an actor. Your your livelihood is based on how you look and how you feel and how you perform. And I'm thinking, like, how does he do it? And then I'm like, wait a minute. Forget like allergies or a cold. Like, didn't you have a stroke during when you were filming Hercules? I did. I
0: did. I uh, I, saw, I had an aneurysm up here in the left subclavicle that I didn't know about. I was having pain there, the numb, and what ended up being that aneurysm, what we found out a little too late, unfortunately, had been sending clots down for months during the last uh, the season five on Hercules. Uh, it wasn't the last season. We shot seven seasons, but. Um, uh, they were cold and numb. I couldn't figure what was going on, but ultimately it was because this, this aneurysm was spitting out blood clots every once in a while and suffocating wow. with blood those fingers. But my doctor on a bump there, he didn't know what it was yet. We were going to do a little test on it to find out, but um, the chiropractor cracked my neck this way. He's never cracked my neck before in my life, by the way. So uh, it was weird that he cracked it, and I heard a voice say, don't let him crack your neck twice. Wow. And I didn't to it because the guy's never cracked my neck, but that quick snap with the aneurysm so close to the brain flushed up three clots into my brain and suffered three strokes. So uh, I still have a 10% loss of vision in both eyes in the upper right quadrant. And then uh, two of the the strokes went into my balance. So it took me me about four months to learn how to stand up and walk again. And when I went back to Hercules for season six, I went from a 12 to 14 hour day down to one hour day over the next few months and slowly built up over time to try to get back into the groove of things.
1: And I mean, that's obviously the extreme Uh of things, but what do you do on a normal day to day When you wake up and you have killer allergies, but you got to be on set. Like I imagine, you can't just call in. Like, what do you do?
0: You just go to set and you try your best to talk in a in a lower, deeper voice and not sound like you're all, you
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fascinating. Give you a lot of credit. So going back in the life of Sorbo, tell me how did you get started and what made you want to act?
0: Um, I was 11 years old, and I went to see a play at the Guthrie Theater. I grew up in a little town outside of Minneapolis, and the Guthrie okay. Theater, very famous theater. A lot of people from New York come out and perform from Broadway out there. It's actually they brought they brought a lot of um, uh, very big um, productions out that way before it went to New York, and one of those would have been The Lion King. So Lion okay. King was pre- was rehearsed and practiced there for like three months to live audiences before being to New York. Now it's been on Broadway for 20 plus years. Right. Um, and the play I saw was Merchant of Venice. It was Shakespeare. I didn't know what the heck they're saying. I was 11 years old. I probably still wouldn't know what they're saying, but, um, (laughs) as an 11 year old kid, you're like going, but I was mesmerized by it all. And so I told my mom on the way home, I said, I'm thinking I want to be an actor. And she said, that's nice, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I kind of kept it quiet because I was a jock, you know, and all a jock all through junior high and high school. And, we sort of made fun of the kids in the drama class. Oh, what a bunch of wussies, you know. And the reality is I wanted to be in there with that class. Um, when I got to college, and I got more serious about it. I had a double major in marketing, advertising, but took a minor in drama and uh, got far more involved in it. And then obviously
1: after that, I just really just went after it full-time. That, that's interesting. So you, before that, you obviously – I mean you're you're before that, you're 9, you're 10. You don't really know what you want to do. You see a play. And then from there, it was just nonstop. You just did everything you could – to pursue that
0: there there were there was a lot of sidetracks
1: in there because um, i
0: while i went to college i went down to dallas texas and uh, i joined a theater group down there i went to dallas because i had two very good buddies from my high school football days they were playing football down at smu and uh dallas was a really um really blooming market at the time for small theater but also for the commercial world and i already done a lot of commercials through um my college years uh, Minneapolis, people don't realize Minneapolis is home to, uh, head national headquarters, Best Buy, Target, Dairy Queen, A&W, uh, Pillsbury. Um, uh, my gosh, so many 3M. I mean, there's so many many different things there. Um, and uh, I did a lot of Target commercials. So, I mean, that's how I got that all important SAG card, you know? And, um, where is that? I'll, I'll have to pull it out That all important side card. Where's my <laughs> all important card? I better have it here somewhere, otherwise it's bad. But I'll I'll find it eventually. But anyway, I um I uh I I started I, I dated a girl down <laughs> there. There it is. Screen actress Guild. Very important card to have,
1: it's for a Necessity. Acting. Expires soon. I hope you're renewing that. expires um, in like two months. <laughs>
0: Oh, no, I, actually, I just got the new one. So oh,
1: that's, perfect. <laughs> chuck that away.
0: Um, so uh, I, I I started dating a girl that was a big international model at the time. And she said, hey, come to Europe with me for three months. Just come spend the summer. And I thought, you know, I'm 23, 24 years old. And I was like, yeah, you okay. know, why not, go Europe, why not go to Europe for a little while before I moved to L.A.? So I moved to Milan, Italy. Um Three months turned into three and a half years wow. so it it was quite a sidetrack to my life uh it was interesting um i did more sounds a bigger guy you know i was bigger. all these model types were five, 10, five well, I'm here i'm six three two twenty 220, two twenty five you know and but i got involved i got all the athletic commercials all that stuff like that i, I became very good friends with johnny Versace. um may he rest in peace we became very good friends and he um he he uh, put me in all his all those runway shows, which was means like acting because I'm with these six foot one <laughs> women, and, right. and I get to be on stage walking with kind of Madonna and Richard Gere and Pavarotti and Sophia Loren and all this. You know, it was pretty cool. Um, I did a lot of commercial work. The Germans loved me. I spent about a year and a half in Munich. That was a big that was a good money market for me. And uh, I lived in Milan eight months, Munich, year and a half, Paris six months, lived about three months in Zurich, three months in London. So, all total, it was three and a half years I was over there. And then I said, I, I got, I'm done. I got to get out of here. You know, I, yeah. I, a point. I did start my own basketball league in Germany and my own theatrical um, uh, uh, company where we did little plays and stuff in Munich and just keep my hand in that. Yeah. but now I'm going on 27 years of age. I was like, I got to get there. And uh, then I just took off big time. I just, in terms of commercial work and guest starring and stuff like that, I mean, Hercules hit, you know, five years later, but still it was like, okay, this is, I got to I got to do this, I got to do this. And I took, took yeah. some really big classes from really three different teachers. I spent like a year and a half to two years with each one. And um, it was a great experience. It really was. And then uh, Hercules just took off, obviously. Five two-hour movies turned into... Seven years in uh, the most-watched most show in the world, 176 countries. And that turned into uh, five years on Andromeda. And since then, it's been over 60 movies. I mean, knock on wood, it's like. And I've seen, like... it.
1: It's funny. So going back real quick, did you know what kind of actor you wanted to be like what you wanted to do? Did you want to do movies? Did did you you want to do like I've seen you in everything I've seen you on, according to Jim and two and a half men. And then I've seen you on, you know, soul surfer. God's not dead. Let there be light like such a variety. Obviously, Hercules. Did you want to do one thing or another? Or was let's just see where it goes and I'll run with that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much what it was. I mean, I I think if you get in to go out to L.A. or New York or wherever you go to pursue an acting career, you go out there with a mind, I'm going to be incredibly famous and all that. I think that's the wrong mentality. I think you want to do it because you love the craft. I love, I love it. I love the acting part of it. Um, did I want a TV series or movie career? Sure I did. But, uh, you know, I think I was smart about it. A buddy of mine, before I left uh, Minneapolis, I've known him forever, he said, remember, it's called show business, not show show. It is a business. So I figured my double major, marketing and advertising, I'm marketing and advertising myself. I am my own product right. as far as an actor. And it can be tough because people are turning you down all the time. The business is all about rejection. And uh, for the most part, you get rejected a lot. So um, I took offense to that and I didn't let that discourage me. Um, I used to caddy at this private country club when I was back in high school and college. And every one of these guys, it was a very expensive club. Everyone's guys were very wealthy, successful guys. And whether well, they were 28 or 78, you know, I said, how did you get to where you are? And they all said the same thing. They said, you know what, Kevin, I failed and I failed and I failed and I failed, but I didn't let it slow me down. And I thought that is the best advice you could have. Most right. people fear is the only thing to fear itself, right? But a lot of people fear failure, too. So they would right. rather just they'd rather just stay where they are. And not improve themselves or go through the rejection and go through the pain and the angst of of having people say no i don't like you but uh you want to get better in your life you want to improve your life well you have to put up with that and you have to use that as a way to strengthen yourself instead of weaken yourself and um, i use it as a way to say okay you're wrong you know you just you just cast the wrong person right so i just kept pushing and pushing and pushing until uh um you know i I did i did believe i believed at 11 years old i was going to make it somehow somewhere I was going to have successful career in acting and so that was embedded in me in an early time
1: so when you say that you love the show business aspect of it or you love like you love refining your craft what makes a more fun project and are there some that have stuck out like this was one of the best projects I've done not from a money or a fame standpoint but the ones you had the most fun with are they stuff that you're doing maybe now you're doing stuff that's more you're directing stuff like let there be light and burning the dolphin you're doing things that you want you can kind of I don't know if you're directing them but but more of your say are you having more fun doing that or is there stuff you've been doing before that was more fun because you got to maybe do something new or different or who you were working with
0: well, I no, I I
1: loved Hercules,
0: and without without the success of Hercules, I wouldn't have gotten Andromeda or anything that followed. You know, so uh, Hercules was a godsend to me. Initially, it was just gonna be five two-hour movies, but I loved the movies. But I knew by the third movie, I said, "There's no way they're not gonna make this a new TV series. There's nothing like it on TV." I mean, now everything's right. every movie and every everything's about action and stuff like that. But back yeah. in 1993, when we started filming, there was nothing like Hercules on TV. And so by right. nine by 1995, and sure, I mean. By the middle of the third movie, Universal Studios called and said, you're staying down there. We're going to make this a series. We love what we're seeing. And this is before they even put the first movie on the air, because it was wow. supposed to be just our movies for TV. And um, by our third season, when we spun off a female version of Hercules called Xena, um, there were a bunch of other people copying that same year. There was Sheena came out. There was Tarzan, Conan, Sinbad, Robin Hood. So... That's what Hollywood does. If they see something successful, they jump on that bandwagon right away. That's why you see a lot of similar movies that seem to come out. So
1: those were all just spin-offs because of the success of Hercules?
0: I, I wasn't a spin-off. Oh, certainly they were. Those shows yeah. and they, they the other studios saw the success of Hercules and they said, that's okay. We got Conan, you got Robin Hood, right? Okay, we can do we can do Sinbad, you know. I, I, of course, that happened. those wouldn't happen without the success of Hercules. So all those studios they owe me ten percent, but they're <laughs> not going to pay. They're not going to. But if, you know, if it wasn't, and I love being on the set. I love. I I added a lot of my own humor to this to the show because I remember telling Sam Raimi, our executive producer, I said, Sam, we we've got to go back. We have got to make sure that we do this in the quirkiness and the humor that you had in Evil Dead with Bruce Campbell. I said, if we do this. As a serious show, people are going to laugh at us. We want people to laugh with us. And he knew that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it was fun. So many laughs on that set all the time. That's what made it such a great thing to be part of. And, you know, Andromeda the same way. I mean, I was a huge Star Trek fan. When I got a call from Major Roddenberry to do Andromeda, I jumped on the bandwagon right away to be the first captain after Captain Kirk. Are you kidding me? This is an honor. <laughs> you know, And uh, and after that, I've done a bunch of movies. And, yeah, there's probably a dozen I wish I didn't do. But you know, you don't you don't go into it thinking this is going to end up being a stupid or bad movie. You don't go into it thinking that. You know, I look at the part and I go, yeah, you know, I like this part. I think we can do something with it. But I like to mix it up. I mean, i played everything from a serial killer to a pastor, so I've done quite a few different things.
1: And I actually, I want to say I heard that from Mark Wahlberg a couple of years ago. He said, I don't know what the context was that I heard it, but he was telling somebody like, you don't know what's going to pop and what's going to not. like, do you think that me talking to a, a teddy bear in a green screen for the movie would turn into a huge chant? Like, you don't you don't see these things. Um, so once you build these relationships w- with the guy you just mentioned um executive producing this show. Do you find yourself working with those guys over and over? I see so many actors like and actresses working together with each other. Do you find that?
0: I, I, I think that's very true. In this case it wasn't. And that's disappointing to me. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I, Sam Raimi is a very bright guy, a very talented director. Uh, it's frustrating that I never get the chance to work with him outside. And in fact he was his name was there only. You know, there's stuff Steven Spielberg puts his name on that he has really nothing to do with. He likes it. But putting produce, producer Steven Spielberg on there sells the movie even bigger. Right, they pay him millions of dollars just to put his name on there, and he's not going to throw his name on there. If something he doesn't like him. but but I'm saying he's not hands on all the time and all those things. He'll 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 look at the script and say, okay, show me the product when it's done. He might look at the movie and go, okay, I'm happy to be, uh, you know, to endorse your movie. So um, I never got to work with Sam. So, Sam, you owe me a job, for crying out loud. You made a lot of money staying in (laughs) L.A. while I busted my butt and got three strokes on your showdown.
1: (laughs) And that kind of leads me into my next thought, which is you're totally my kind of guy, Republican, Christian. But even uh, even being a small business guy, I, I see my share of snubs that I know that I'm a perfect candidate for somebody's project sure. but they don't want someone who either said yeah I'm voting for Trump or yeah I believe this cuz the Bible believes this like you're snubbed have you noticed that throughout your career oh, yeah, that yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. you know I'm totally I'm totally blacklisted out of Hollywood right now they call me for nothing I've had, How
1: did that happen like what was the progression were you were you growing up were you a Christian
0: yeah I've always been a Christian. I've always been a conservative. The first guy, first time I could vote, I voted for Ronald Reagan. My parents are Minnesota liberal Democrats. I can't even say liberal, they're Democrats. They would be, my dad's passed away now, what, seven years ago. But my mom, I think she's more middle line now. She's starting to get it more, you know. But, you know, if you look at Hubert Humphrey, Walter Mondale back in their day when they were supporting them, um, those guys' politics were more along the line of independents and even Republicans today. I mean, JFK would be a Republican today. People go, no, he wouldn't be. go, look at his his 1960 inauguration speech and listen to what he's got to say, let alone his famous phrase that's on his gravestone saying, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. There's not a Democrat that says that today. Every one of these guys running against Trump right now are saying, we'll give you free stuff. How How can people possibly be that ignorant to think that everything's free? Somebody pays for it. I mean, Maggie Thatcher comes from a... From a socialist country, a prime minister, but she understood capitalism and understood that you needed to have um, individuals be be uh, running running the country, not big government. And she said herself, the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. And that's, that's true. So yeah. it's weird what's going on right now in the country. And I blame most of the media out there, you know, they brainwash yeah. some people. And we live in a country now that no matter what you say, people get angry. I can post on Twitter, really beautiful today, you know, sunny, beautiful, and people say, I hope you die. You know, I mean, there's so <laughs> many angry people out there that I'm gonna play shrink here that I think hate their lives, they hate their jobs if they have one. Yep. They hate their uh relationships if they have one. I mean they're they're just and they think their anger in you know three in the morning screaming out at people that they disagree with that they don't even know who they are. Um is <laughs> gonna make their lives better. And really it just sinks them into a deeper darker hole of hatred and anger. And it's really
1: too bad. Yeah, and so you, I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, like I said, even as a small business owner, I've seen it. I've, I see the snubs, and I don't care. I have my niche business, and I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm happy with it. What did you notice? It happened slowly through your career, or was there a time no. when all of a sudden it's like, okay, Kevin's done. He's.
0: It was. It. It. Yeah, I, I think it happened pretty quick. I mean, I'm the one who sort of came out of the conservative closet as well. And yeah. you know, I said a few things, and I all I do is I post the truth. I go, okay, here's a fact. Boom! It's the truth. Two plus two equals four, and people will go, no, it doesn't, and then they attack <laughs> right. me. And you know, to go back to Hollywood, Hollywood owes me nothing. I worked my butt off. I did a wonderful series with Andromeda and, and Hercules. Um, I got a, I got. I did get some other movies with them, but around 2011 and 12, I definitely noticed a sharp just disappearance. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't get called in to read for anything new anymore. And it's starting to change a little bit right now. I, in fact, I've got three movies that I got to put myself on tape for after this today. Um, that uh, out of Georgia. That um, they're they're you know I think one's a TV series, the other two movies. And you're going okay. One's with Melissa McCarthy, so it'd be cool, you know. So uh, I'll put myself on tape. But it's the thing that frustrates me is the hypocrisy of it all. You know we're in people scream for tolerance and it's like, they're the most tolerant. And I, I find that even with Christians, I think that's why it turns off a lot of agnostics and atheists that they seem to be the, the least forgiving and we're supposed to be the most forgiving.
1: Right.
0: And, you know, it's like, check out the log in your own eye, brother. You know, so it's like, right. it's, it's weird that I've had people tell me, even in my movies that I hate calling them faith-based. I'd like to call them family movie because every movie is a faith-based movie. If you think about it, if you're an atheist, That's a pretty strong faith and believe it. Absolutely.
1: Totally.
0: A lot of faith. A lot of Christians. have much faith. And, and I look at this and go, okay, I I do these movies and I, I get people emailing me going, yeah, I wasn't Christian enough. Or, oh, you know what? That was way too Christian. You're like going, oh my God. And these are people coming from that say they're Christians. So you're going, Okay, so but wasn't it at least still a good movie that showed redemption and love and hope and faith and had something a good quality about it that your nine and seven and six five year old kids can watch, but it's like we live in this everything everybody's looking to be offended or or criticize everything. It's it's gone. It's out of control.
1: Do you think now? Like I've noticed now that I've had my digital agency twelve years, and I notice now as it's it's funny it's coincided with society. I see society going down like this. And I see that I have a bit more of a stable rock from a from a company standpoint, and I'm a bit more bold. I think it's – I have the right more now than I had before. I'm not not as worried about losing business, but I also see like culture is just lost. Like people everywhere are just lost, and I, I don't want to say I feel more of a responsibility, but it's so much easier to put yourself out there because so many people are saying things that are – I just saw somebody this morning that went absolutely nuts – On an article that somebody put out that said trump's new policy is uh, children born to military members overseas they're not american citizens they went nuts then somebody commented right away and said um honey did you read the article the article says if they're not a u.s citizen then their child is not a u.s citizen it's just it's a completely misleading like so it's so much easier have you noticed in your career that you've seen like, I don't know, the world needs more good people and it's more important now than maybe in the past, or maybe you wanted to roll more and, and you were, I don't want to say silenced, but you know, you focus and be more on, on the job than what you wanted to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm trying to post more and more things that are just more family neutral. Like, I mean, it's like, I hate doing that. I hate having to, pull back and say, okay, I'm not gonna post this fact, this yep. truth. Well, why don't I post stuff that I hope this makes brings a smile to your face, no matter where you right. are in the thought process. And uh, you know, I hope I hope you find this interesting and fun. And and to me it's I, I, I get why some people just say I'm done with social media. Yeah. People that control their lives and they just, you know, you see people just on the phones all the time. You go through airports, everybody's on it. I had I had to go um, I told you to a meeting I was in the parking lot and there's this guy walking right down the middle. I couldn't get around him. He's perfectly in the middle with the cars parked and he's on his phone like, you know, and I said, you can't hear the car that's three feet behind you. <laughs> he, I mean, literally he walked for at least 30 yards that way before he finally turned around, Oh, and gets out of the way. There's so, every, you see people just walking the streets and not looking at the crosswalk. It means it's, it's amazing how, This is supposed to be something that brings the world together more, but it's made us more isolated.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, too, because a lot of the people that I talk to, especially, let's say, younger athletes, they need to use social media because from a brand standpoint, if you're an athlete, you're not getting many brand deals unless you have a social presence, and you can bring instant revenue and and engagement.
0: That runs for Hollywood, too. And unfortunately, because you know as much anger is towards me because – I'm conservative and a Christian, we can get into the Christian part, what do people care, you know, I mean, if you're you're Muslim, I don't care, it's it's just weird, Um, but you look at somebody like uh, um, uh, Dwayne Johnson, he makes millions extra because of his social media, I think he reaches 18, 20 million people or something, so I think it's oh, more. I think
1: it's put, like a hundred million or something. Okay. Now.
0: That's the case. And they may pay him 20 million to a movie. They probably pay him another 20 million to promote the movie. Cause he gets on there and boom. Hey guys, Dwayne, check out my latest movie. And he's got out uh, 20 to a hundred million people there that are fans. They're going to go just because he posted it. He posts stuff when he's on the set. I mean, yep. he's, He's been brilliant with this and you know, he's making millions more just because this came out too late I wish this came out during the Hercules year, you know, <laughs> when I came out. It was 19 I 19, shot 1993 2000. It was the birth and the really rapid growth But back then it was you've got mail and that was really about it. There was no Facebook Twitter right. you know, Instagram none of that stuff existed So you couldn't I would have loved to have that because I, I mean I heard Miley Cyrus offer TV that series She was doing on Disney was making like two million dollars a month on a newsletter she put out. People pay a buck ninety nine to have her. Hey, you know she did like a newsletter. They went on went on to the internet and people just read the newsletter and she made an extra two million dollars a month off that. It's insane. But God bless it. God bless the capitalist American system that so many people seem to want to hate and get rid of. Yet they're still doing it. <laughs> you know, it's like
1: that's why it's, it's so interesting to see. Like everybody's so many people. A good friend of mine is a head coach. And he refuses to go on social media because he's conservative. He's Christian. No, he knows that no matter what he says, it's going to be spun in a different direction. So he just he just puts his head down and we always go back and forth. I'm like, listen, I get it. But from a brand standpoint, you know, as we're working on your website or doing this and that, like you want brand deals nowadays, it's like it's a prerequisite. You know, it's like especially as you're talking certain different sectors, too. And now it is. So it's balancing. Like, how much do you just put on a facade to go use social media for your professional development versus how much do you stay off and balance it? Which it sounds like what you're doing, which is I'm going to use it. I'm going to try to post more family based content that just puts a smile on someone's face. And maybe more people want to see that, and now it's like.
0: Well, you hope so. You're still gonna get. Why oh, I, I hate family, <laughs> you know?
1: Oh, of course.
0: I hate this. I hate. I mean, it's what. What are you gonna do? Look, I've got a website through you, and uh, I wish I used it more. Uh, part of it is I'm too stupid to know how to use it properly, <laughs> and the other part I just get lazy about it. And I know, but I feel like somehow I sort of missed the boat that I. You know, my TV shows are done, but you know, but I know I have an audience out there that that, that likes family movies because I get stopped all the time through airports saying, Hey, it used to be Hercules and Andromeda. 80% of the time now it's, Hey, please make more movies like Let There Be Light, Souls for God's Not That. Please make more movies like that. Yeah. So, you know, we should talk about that later, you and I. Yeah, for sure. I will tap into that to make sure people follow because the the, the reality is, oh, excuse me, one second, but I'm running over something I shouldn't run over. Um, the reality is, um, I, I I did I did sort of miss the boat with with the with the Hercules andromeda thing, even though the boat are still running in 60 countries around the world and it's still out there. But I need I need to find a way to get people to give a strong word of mouth on our movies because you know I do these three million dollar movies with three million dollars. That's that's maybe catering on the next Avengers movie, or Pirates of the Caribbean. They they shoot 250, $300 million movies. They'll throw another 100 million plus in promoting it. So you see it on every commercial for every football game, basketball game. It's in the trailer in every movie. We don't have that luxury in a small budget movie like ours. Even though they look great, and they got great stories, we just don't have, you know, we don't have the universal $180 million budget just for the uh, visual effects, you know? Right. Dude, I like to the, the movies, I call them actors' movies, That's that are well-written, have a good message, uh, make you laugh, make you cry, make you think, and you can relate to the characters up there. You know, some of like the characters up there. Um, you know, none of us can be Thor. None of us are Iron Man. You know, that's a comic book. Right. And it's, I like those movies, too. But, you know, you watch another 12 buildings go down in New York City, you're going, okay, three million people just died there, but we're not talking about that. Right. Right. You know? <laughs>
1: It's but always been David, hard for me to grasp that. <laughs> it's
0: amazing. I mean, uh, it's you walk out of there and go, "Wow, that was a good roller coaster ride." I want people to come on, and go, well, you know, that was a really good movie. That 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 thing was really that touched me in this way or that way, and that's the kind of movies I want to do. But we need people to support those movies, or they yeah. die after the box office against the next uh, Avengers movie. It's just the way it is.
1: And and do you feel as I got it like God doesn't need any of us, but the more we make ourselves available, the more he does want to use us. Do you feel like because you you have made yourself available to say, let's do these, even if they're family based movies, they have the Christian undertones that Hollywood so lacks. Do you do you find yourself with these newer opportunities or or heading in a direction of more of that? because maybe you have been faithful to not be quiet about your faith well
0: you know it's interesting i do a lot of charity golf events i play with some very wealthy people that have their like-minded people they end up finding yep. out wow you're not one of those guys from hollywood that hates everything <laughs> All right and I'm, I'm like uh well i i hate the green bay packers but i'm a minnesota viking guy but anyway <laughs> um it's it's uh It's still so hard to raise the money, which is weird to me, because there's a lot of people that have very deep pockets out there and they want to support these movies. And yet they'll spend $10 million on supporting some presidential candidate that never gets elected. And you're going, but $10 million, I could have made three really good movies that would have reached millions of people around the world. Um, But it's not so easy. The hardest thing is, is raising, like I said, raising that money to get these things done and uh you know i've been fortunate enough to have it happen doesn't happen as frequently as I like i'd like to i wish i could do at least two movies a year that have the movies that i want to do that i want to direct as well cause i've been shooting you know three to four movies a year but only one is really one of mine the rest of it they break coming up in october it's a wonderful family movie um but uh it, the hardest thing is finding that money the hardest thing is reaching out to people and say, hey. You say you want to change the world. Well, here's your chance to change the world. Let's change it, you know? But um, it just it doesn't happen that easily. Was there a...
1: hesitation? Is there a general consensus on why?
0: No. But, you know, my last movie, Let There Be Light, that I directed, um, did very well in the theaters. Sean Hannity funded it. He called me up out of the blue and said, Sorbo, Hannity, I loved your Gods on Dead, Soul Surfer. What if you have something like it? And I said, I do. We pitched and we wrote a check. And uh, it did very well for not having a huge budget to promote it and uh because that i got a call from netflix and they said hey we'd love to meet with you you know and i said great so i went and met with the film and television department a number of times gave them some great scripts gave them all this they said we want to get an inspirational division going because we know there's this kind of stuff and you and not only netflix but all of hollywood seems to ignore that um uh, look i like a good action movie too but it just seems like there's so much violence there's so much anger so much hate coming out of some of these movies and television shows, too. I mean, I think there's a new TV series coming out called Evil. You know, so it's like I said, look, I don't do touch by an angel stuff. I do punch by an angel stuff. OK, uh, yeah. we'll make it pretty. We'll make it interesting. We'll make it. Uh, so there won't be preaching going on. And that's what I know turns off a lot of people. So. um We'll see what happens. Netflix, we still have an open channel with them. We'll see what happens with them. I'm slowly wearing them down, but they're not saying no. They just haven't said yes yet. And I, I hope they do because, uh, you know, they got the power to do it. And yeah, as, as I told them, I said, look, you might have a different ideology, a different belief, a non-belief, whatever it may be, but still you are a business, right? Back to the show business thing. You can laugh all the way to the bank as 80 million households gobble up these products that have good messages in them for people.
1: And it's funny, too, because you would think that as a business, Netflix has a lot of... Netflix demographic is not just atheist liberals, and it's not just conservative Christians. No. Why? Why would you not want to say, here, for the Christians who do want a ton of Christmas movies, like the Hallmark Channel is capitalized on, sure. why would you not double down on that? It's...
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's, you know, it, Everything's a head scratch for me right now. It's just It's just so weird. And and fake news is an appropriate term to put out there for a lot of these networks and cable news outlets because it's, you know, the the gloves are off and there's no hiding back to where people stand. sure. When 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 newscasters, we all knew Walter Cronkite was a full-on liberal, <laughs> right? But you know what? at the same time, you know, he would still just deliver the news. And uh, but but it's a different world now, and people get very angry and very upset, and a lot of stuff is just made up and it's yeah. more. Taken out of context, it's just it's just totally made up.
1: So what what are you working on now? That's fun that you're you're looking forward to. My, you're excited about.
0: Well, I've got I've got um I've got four movies done in the can, and I've got three documentaries um, that are almost done. And uh, the most recent one that I'm pushing now is Miracle in East Texas. It's a wonderful uh, movie. I shot it. I directed it. We shot up in Calgary in Canada. Got a great cast with Lou Gossett Jr., um, John Ratzenberger, Tyler Maine. People know him from the WWF world, but he's also Sabretooth in all the X-Men movies. My wife, Sam Sorbo, is in it. She did an amazing job in it. Um, it's a true story about two con men played by myself and John Ratzenberger that would woo widows out of their money in 1930 Oklahoma, Texas. And uh, they actually end up striking oil. It's the largest oil find in the history of the world. This is inspired by a true story. Wow. And- and film festivals, all right. It was great to shoot in that time period because all the music is pre-1930 and uh 31. And um the cars and everything we got and the the wardrobe design was awesome. Um we have been to four film festivals with it already. We've got four more lined up. It won Best Romantic Comedy in Houston, it won Best Family Film in Orlando, it won Best Uh Narrative Feature Film in an Anthem in Las Vegas, and just uh Won best narrative film, in um, wait, which was that the best narrative? No, that was an anthem. It won best faith film in Franklin.
1: This uh, thing's racking up awards. But,
0: but here's what I yeah, but what I love about it, they can't pigeonhole it. Yeah, it's not really a faith film. I mean, it fits more in a romantic comedy. There's a there's a faith element. There's a, there's it's like Blindside. You knew it yep. was a Christian filming raising this African-American kid who went on to become like, you know, a Hall of Fame football player. Right. It's not in your face. And it's, it's I, the best romantic comedy is what it fits in more than anything else. And it's it's wonderful. And it's funny and it's touching. And uh, we're getting standing room only when the next one we have in Louisville. We've got one in Scottsdale, Arizona. We got a big one in Toronto coming up. So it's it's hitting the film market and the people are really enjoying it. But we're still trying to raise that P and A money. We're heavy in calls. We got some very interested parties, but no one's still pulled that trigger yet to get this thing into theaters. And that's what we got to do because this this has a, this could be a this could be a runaway hit for an independent movie if we get it in theaters.
1: We have to watch it, my fiance. We're always looking for those good kind of Friday night movies. What what better to watch on a, a Friday night? Um, well, that's awesome. Listen, I know you got a lot to do. You got to get yourself on tape for a few things here. So I'll let you go. Uh, thanks for stopping by today.
0: My pleasure. If you can go to kevinservo.net and get a hold of me, there's all kinds of merchandise. My book, True Strength, is on there. Have you asked earlier? Strength: My Journey to Miracle and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. I do a lot of speaking events on that. It's a uh, it's a book that's very inspirational. I didn't want to write it. My wife made me, but I'm glad I did it now because I've been <laughs> on the road speaking. I do about a dozen speaking events here now over the last 12 years because of it.
1: Yeah, I'll link that up too, so anybody who's listening can can go cool. right to his website, get that all going. Right. And then uh, we'll chat soon. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Please be sure to follow Kevin and go support him in his endeavors. Watch his movies. Interact with him online. Go give him a follow. And let me know what you thought about the non-wrestler route with this episode. I really appreciate all the feedback. Again, I want to continue to bring conversations that you guys want to hear. That's a wrap for today's show, though. So we'll catch you next time. And the beat goes on.